Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back, everybody. This is At Your Service, Dave Simon, certified financial planner and just all-around nice guy filling in. Hello there, everyone. I do have some other dates on the docket. I kind of forget what they are, to be honest with you, but uh, you'll just have to, like, I don't know, check in every night and listen to all the other fine hosts that uh, Camo X has for uh, At Your Service. And I think I'm on maybe next week. I, I don't remember. I'll have to check. It's been that kind of long day, folks. The fumes, the the last remaining fumes, like the last remaining hairs on my bald head just kind of melting away here uh, on this long day. I need to get home and get some sleep. But you know what? Tomorrow, I, I just thought about this too, another very, very busy day. I'm not complaining, by the way. It's It's all good. It would be easy for me to say, you know, it's tougher when you get older. I'll tell you why you will never hear me say that. I vowed I would never say this. Back in my 40s, I had a friend who was older. He was kind of a colleague and, and, and a friend in his 60s. And I'll never forget, he used to always tell me, oh, yeah, you wait till you get to be my age. Yeah, you won't be able to do that anymore. And so he would say something about my running. Or, uh, yeah, you wait till... Uh, you wait, man. You just... W- it, it, it's tougher to get out of bed sometimes or... You wait till you're sixty something. It just it just would grate on me, and I vowed I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to tell people younger than me. Oh yeah, you just wait. We all hopefully, if we live long enough, we'll go through the phases of life on our own, and we'll figure this out. So now that I am in my sixties, I don't know how that happened. Snap of a finger and forties to the sixties in no time, and I've stayed true to it. There have been I have almost caught myself when I have been, let's say, out running with someone who's much younger. And it's amazing. I'm thinking, wow, I used to be able to just put on shoes, running shoes, and not even stretch or do a warm-up mile. And I could just go out and run. And here I am. I've got to do my stretching. I've got to do a walk-jog. I've got to get the heart rate slowly up. And I almost want to say something, oh, yeah, you youngin'. You wait till you're, but I won't do it only because of what I experienced back in my 40s. So I'm trying to stay true. And that's why 
I am not going to sit here and say, yeah, I've been up since 4 o'clock in the morning working, which is true. And, man, I could have done this when I was younger, but now that I'm in my 60s. Nope, not going there. Not going to do it. All right, with that, as an intro into the second hour of At Your Service, this old man in his 60s, Dave Simons. Happy to be here. So let me take you back a little bit. Some 30-plus years ago, it's the early 1990s, and specifically, it's February of 1991. And in the most recent polls that have been around for decades, actually the first presidential polls to see, to ask Americans, how do you think the president is doing? Um, I don't know if you know this, but started during FDR's days. I think the first one came out in 1940. And those were presidential approvals, and uh, so they've been around for about 85 years or so. And the highest ever came in February of 1991. Then-President George H.W. Bush had a presidential approval rating in February of 91 of 89%. Can you imagine in today's world a president where 9 out of 10 Americans say, yeah, I think he's doing a pretty good job? I mean, that's so mind-boggling in this divisive age in which we find ourselves. But back then he did. Why? Well, remember what was going on? The first um, uh, desert war, right? As we went in, in January of 91, to push Saddam Hussein out of Kuwait and back to Baghdad. And it was rah-rah, patriotic. Remember uh, Whitney Houston, just a few weeks after we went into Kuwait and then into Iraq, um, singing the national anthem. The Star-Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl. I mean, it's an iconic image. In that moment, during that time, H.W. has an 89% approval rating. By the way, as an aside, a president actually broke that. 90% for a brief amount of time. This is so weird. Some, one of these weird anomalies. His son. It's the two Bushes have the two highest approval ratings in history, and both centered around war. That's what we do. We come together. And it was after 9-11, and uh, immediately after that, during the latest Gallup poll, or whatever poll was being used, presidential polls, uh, he hit 90%. Those are the two top, that that is historically accurate. Anyway, let me go back to uh, the first George Bush, H.W. How do you have 89% approval rating? And barely 18 months later, a little bit more than 18 months later, you lose re-election. How does that happen? It's the economy, stupid. Remember that famous or infamous line? James Carville running the campaign for an upstart governor out of Arkansas named William Jefferson Clinton. Masterful campaign. So what was going on in the economy? A recession. A recession started in late 90 and went through into 91. And as much as people loved uh, 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 their president at the time, and it was rah-rah, yes, we're going to push those bad guys, and in particular Saddam Hussein and and all that stuff, and, and we're going to support our troops and all that good stuff, and the flag is flying, and we, we love the president, and then we turn on him because we're hurting economically. And Bill Clinton and his campaign, led by James Carville, Man, they fed into that. They understood it. And that's why even Bill Clinton at one point, remember when he said, I feel your pain. And he won the election. 
I have always said, and I have history to back me up, that the number one deciding factor when it comes to presidential politics is the pocketbook. People vote their pocketbook. That's why I start out with that story. And I segue today to, I think, a fascinating development. I take no sides here. I certainly have my own personal predilection when it comes to politics and where I lean, of course. You don't need somebody else, though. Yet another voice bloviating about this, giving you hot takes. I'm not going to do that. I will just be an observer here and give you uh, some of the data that supports the backing that, or, or, or some of the things that I want to make on this show, and I'll give you the information to back it up. So in this case, let me talk about polling. NBC has been doing a poll between Joe Biden and Donald Trump for the first, uh, starting in 2019. When Joe Biden announced that he was going to run in the 20 election, NBC News did a survey and did a poll and showed Biden beating Trump. And they would do that every month or so. Okay, where do we stand now? Where do we stand? And they continued to do it even after the election was over, even after Biden won, with the thought that maybe Trump might actually run again in 24. You know, he's getting a little bit of attention, a little bit of talk in 21 and then into 22. But NBC kept doing the poll. What if it was Trump and Biden in 24? What if it's Trump and Biden? Biden always led in every single poll until last November. For the first time in the NBC poll, Trump moved ahead of Joe Biden by a couple of points. As of this last poll, which just came out, I think it was just last week, Donald Trump's lead moved to five points. By far the biggest lead. Why? Why would all of a sudden Donald Trump go from never leading in any survey or any poll by NBC to moving slightly ahead in November and increasing the lead every month since then? Well, I've already kind of given you a hint, and we find that from a little bit more than 30 years ago. I want to wrap this up and and tell you my own thoughts and beliefs on this and why I think the way that I do about who's probably going to win in November. Again, not a personal preference, but I'm just trying to be factual as much as I can and try to look at this in the most unbiased way that I can. And it really centers on what I do for a living in the financial world, economics, investing, and I can't help but think that we're already seeing a winner in front of us here based on history. Stay with us. Let's dig into that when we come back with more at your service right after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah, my friends, against my better judgment, I'm stepping into the world of politics, which, uh, of course, is a really safe thing to do these days. You're not going to make anybody mad. No. You just say, this is who I want to be the next president. And everybody just says, way to go, you. I love that you have a slightly different opinion than me. Yeah, what fantasy world are we living in, if that really were the case? We know, of course, sadly, that it's not that way. And, of course, it's we've always argued, but it's, um, boy, the vitriol these days. Hmm. But we still have to discuss it in, in certain context. I will not give you my personal opinion. There's no reason to, nor do you care. Everybody has their own personal opinion, and it's hard to believe that somebody would ever be swayed because some dude filling in on at your service says, this is who I like. And somebody out there listening, oh, well, I was going to vote for the other guy, but this dude on at your service, he made a really good point. I th- I'm going to change my vote. Not going to happen. Won't even attempt it. So what I do is I sit back and I take off all my hats and I put on my professional financial advisory hat and say, okay, I'm a fiduciary, and I have a responsibility to protect my client assets, to grow them responsibly at the same time. And I have to kind of handicap this and say, okay, we're going to war game this a little bit. And we'll look at a lot of different scenarios and determine, okay, what would our portfolios look like if this happens and if that happens? When it comes to politics, we rarely ever think about changing anything. I've already spent some time in the first hour talking about the fact that politics really doesn't affect financial markets like people assume. There's just no history behind that. And I'm convinced the same thing's going to happen in 2024, even though many of you think, well, if that guy wins, this country's in trouble. Yeah, maybe. But not the day after the election. It won't dramatically impact the stock market like down 20% the next day. That's just not going to happen. That's my opinion, of course. But I, before the break, I had talked about the fact that for the first time since NBC's been, been doing this regular poll, I think on a monthly basis, since 2019, so about five years now, Trump and Biden, Trump and Biden. And Biden's always been slightly ahead, sometimes larger, uh, uh, bigger numbers ahead of um, Donald Trump. Until November, just a few months ago, for the first time ever in this poll, 
Trump was leading Biden by a couple of points. That's now gone up to five points. Why? All of a sudden, Donald Trump doesn't have any more legal trouble? No. Somehow, Joe Biden, boy, he just doesn't, he seems to be acting old all of a sudden. No, that's been out there for a while. Nothing has really changed except the economy. Now, in some ways, the economy hasn't really changed, except in a better way. And this is one thing that's really, I think, flummoxed the Biden administration. Wait a minute, all this economic data is coming in, and it's actually pretty good. Why are all the polls and the surveys showing that everyone thinks the economy is lousy? I'll tell you why. It is inflation, even though inflation numbers have come down I don't know if it are the folks within the Biden administration. Do they not understand this? I I don't think that's the case. I just don't think they want to acknowledge the fact that inflation is cumulative. So you can tell me that inflation right now, according to the latest numbers, are down to 3%. That is not selling in Peoria right now. Because people are paying 30% more for groceries than they did a few years ago. It's not like all the grocery prices have come down to where they were in 2019, right before the pandemic. So when you have inflation at 1.9%, then it's before that it was rising four, seven, up to 9%, and then slowly back down, eight, seven. You add up all these numbers and all of a sudden, wow, we're paying a lot more for goods and services. And that's why all of a sudden people say, and many people, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. A lot of people say, I cannot stand Donald Trump. Can't stand him. I wouldn't want to have anything to do with him personally, but I am going to hold my nose and I am going to squint my eyes and barely look because I can't stand it. And I'm going to mark or pull or whatever, hit the button for Donald Trump because, uh, I hate to admit it, but it's true, uh, the economy was better. And ooh. Again, I'm not necessarily saying this is yours truly's opinion, may or may not be. But that is what a lot of folks are coming to the conclusion by. And that's why these polls are showing for the first time Donald Trump starting to win. Not because all of a sudden he's a high moral character guy. Not because all his legal troubles have gone away. Not because all of a sudden he's the nicest guy in the world. It's because of the economy. The economy's stupid. I had just talked about the fact. How in the world do you have a presidential approval rating of 89% like President H.W. Bush did in February of 91 and then the latter part of 92 you lose? It's the economy, stupid. That's the number one factor that people vote for. So if the election were held today, there's no question in my mind Donald Trump beats Joe Biden. Some of you are going to cheer at that, of course, if that happens. Others will say this country is doomed. I'll let all of you debate it and fight it out. But that's where we stand today. Now, November, in some ways, it's right around the corner. And in other ways, it is so far away. So many different things could happen. So I'm not about to handicap it and say, well, in November, I'm convinced this is going to happen. That's why I couched it by saying, if the election were held today, that's what would happen. And the reason I even talk about it is it's based on the economy. 
And therein lies what we really have to answer. What is the economy going to look like when people actually go to the polls in November? And if things continue to improve and the stock market is even higher, isn't that something that Trump is now increasing his lead in the NBC poll over Biden since November as the market was hitting all-time highs? 401ks are on the rise. Inflation has come down. It's the cumulative effect. That's more than anything. And they remember how it used to be. All right. Now let me segue and repeat myself from the first hour because I messed up the timing of this. I want to talk about the mistakes that people make that are related between resolutions that we break and investment plans that we break. And I recorded a podcast. I do a weekly recorded Simon Says Quick Hit podcast on investment-related topics. And the one that is going to be released tomorrow, because they come out every Wednesday morning on YouTube, I'm giving you um, the full episode. It's about 10 minutes or so, 10, 11 minutes. And when we come back from this break coming up, I'm going to play it in its entirety, and I'll set it up a little bit and come back with some thoughts after. I really want you to come after this break and listen to this, because I think there's something to be learned about why we fail at New Year's resolutions. And once we understand how to correct those mistakes, believe it or not, we'll also become better investors. Come back. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Dive into all things Cardinals on Cardinals Conversations, your go-to location for exclusive content from KMOX. Catch it on the Odyssey app or your favorite podcast platform. Stay connected with your team. Cardinals Conversations, where the Redbird talk never stops. So subscribers to the Simon Says podcast will be notified that the latest one is up, which happens every Wednesday morning. But all of you listening right now, lucky you, get to hear it first as um, as we're going to play it here in just a second. Now, again, to set it up, this is really just talking about uh, having some fun with New Year's resolutions and, you know, maybe some reasons why we tend to fail. It's all how we think about it as I'll explain. And then I segue into saying, once you figure that out, you'll realize that maybe you're making some of the same mistakes and setting up a financial plan and sticking with it. So this is the latest Simon Says podcast that will hit tomorrow that you'll get a preview and we'll run it right now. And then afterwards, I'll come back and give you some thoughts. All right. Show of hands. How many of you 
have already failed at your New Year's resolution for 2024. It happens, doesn't it? You had good intentions. You wanted to lose a few LBs. You wanted to go to the gym. Maybe you wanted to start a certain type of nutritional plan to help you get there. Whatever your resolution, and here we are getting deeper into the year, and it, it, you've already failed, you've given up. Why? Why does that happen with so much frequency? I think there are three mistakes that people make, and it's how we approach this whole thing. And when I explain what those three mistakes are and how you can fix them, they're the same mistakes that people make when it comes to investing and putting together and successfully following a financial plan. It's the same way of why we fail with resolutions. So let's talk about that. So let's start with a little hypothetical here. It's back in mid-December, and you look ahead to the new year. And you say, okay, here's my resolution. Yeah, I need to lose a few pounds. Haven't been to the gym for a while. I used to like it. I think I'll get back to it. Get on an exercise program, lose a little weight. I probably need to eat a little bit better. So I'm going to combine all these into one, and that's going to be my New Year's resolution. And you've already failed. Mistake number one. Your brain is like a computer. It will spit out black and white with no emotion. Yeah, there's some emotional components, but I'm not talking about that part of your computerized brain. I'm talking about the part that the data that you put into it, it calculates it and spits out some sort of action. When you tell yourself, I'm going to wait a couple of weeks to start this plan, your brain hears this is going to be hard. I, might, I, I should live it up. My lifestyle, I've kind of enjoyed it a little bit. All right? No restrictions. I'm going to party for a little while longer, especially through the holidays, and then I got to get serious. And, it, and you're telling yourself in a way it's like being led to the gallows. Now, obviously, you're not actually telling yourself that. But emotionally and attitudinally, that's what your brain is picking up on. So the resolution to that is forget dates, forget them, whatever you want to try to accomplish and change something in your life, whatever it is, start now. All right. I don't care that we're deeper into 2024 and you had good intentions back in January and it's gone. No, start now. One thing that I do is if, if there's something that I want to do that I don't really want to do, and it's not, it's not a resolution. Let's say it's a project around the house. Uh, as I said in a recent podcast. I'm not good with projects around the house, but let's say it's cleaning out the garage. And I mean, clean out the garage, which is going to take half a day. I don't want to do it, but I put it on a calendar and I write it down this Saturday morning, starting at 7 a.m. Dave cleans out the garage and I leave it open-ended. If I don't have a concrete example of what, uh, or entry into what I need to do, I'll find excuses despite the fact that my lovely wife will still be there going, uh, honey, garage, I'll still find a reason not to, not to do it. So same thing with, I need to start um, an exercise plan. Write it down. I start tomorrow, whatever the plan is and however you find that out, and, and, and approach it that way, all right? If you put it off into some date, well, I really want to do it now, but starting July, I'm going to do it. Your brain picks up on those cues. All right. So don't do that. Number two is giving up when results don't come right away. 
let's say, let's take the example of losing weight. If you have enough weight to lose, it's really cool, isn't it? How the pounds actually start to melt away right off the bat. If you're overweight enough, that's what typically happens with people who are trying to lose a decent amount of weight and they get on a new diet. They do a little exercise. And it's like, whoa, after a couple of weeks, man, look, look at the, look at the chart here that I've lost and it's great. But then all of a sudden, for whatever reason that you can't explain your success stops and you might have a 10 day period where you look at it and say, I've only lost a half a pound. I haven't done anything differently. That's life, man. It happens. You can't always explain it. Your trek of losing weight is not on some linear line. Here's my weight here and look at it going down in a straight line, straight down. It doesn't work that way. It is like a stock chart up and down and all over the place. So let it breathe, man. Just let it breathe and know that occasionally you're going to have those valleys that you're going to have to survive and don't beat yourself up. Know in advance going in that that's going to happen. Otherwise, you will give you, you will give up. And number three, all right, we're going to play a little word game here. Remembering again that your brain is a computer and will just react of what you feed into it. You don't have to lose weight. You don't have to start an exercise plan. You don't have to eat better. You get to. Now, I know this sounds all new agey stuff and people write these books like, just be the you you were meant to be. You, That's not me. <laughs> people who know me, I don't get into all of that touchy-feely stuff. But what I'm telling you is the truth. You will react in a way because your brain hears this that you get to and there's a certain amount of excitement that comes out of this. Oh, I don't have to lose weight. I get to? Well, that's pretty cool. That's kind of exciting. I get to get down to where I want to be. I get to actually maybe start to enjoy the exercise thing. I get to eat a little bit better. It does work. I'm telling you. Now, those three mistakes that people make, let's translate them over to the financial planning process. All right. Number one, I'm going to start July 1st on this financial plan. I need to get going. I need to put more money away. I've kind of put it off. I need to update the will, right? That's a big one. I did the will decades ago, and obviously families change, life changes. I'm going to get around to it. Honey, what about, you know, maybe after um, we do some of that summer vacation, maybe September we'll get to stop. I talked about putting it in your calendar. You won't do it otherwise. This Thursday morning, I'm calling the attorney to set up a meeting to update the will. This Saturday, I'm putting it here, starting at 8 a.m. after I have my cup of coffee, I'm going to make a list of things that I need to do to start getting my financial plan in order. Do that. Don't put it off. There's no date like today. All right. Number two, giving up when the results don't come right away. That's pretty common even in the investment world. It's easy if you start a financial plan or you change things around and you get a little bit more aggressive in terms of putting more money into an investment plan. You're upping your 401k contributions, whatever. When you're doing it in the middle of a bull market, 
because you see the immediate results. Like losing weight right off the bat, you see the immediate results. Man, this is great. I'm putting money in and everything's growing. It's too easy. But you know the inevitability, the correction, the bear market coming. What if you start or upgrade your financial investment plan in the teeth of a bear market that lasts 18 months? I see this all the time. Too many people give up. Why would I put good money after bad? You know why? Think about this from an exercise standpoint. When you're out at a gym and you're working out, your muscles are not strengthening and lengthening and, and growing during the workout. All the hard work is happening when you're at rest, after the workout, as the muscles are repairing themselves, the fibers are repairing themselves and growing. That's where the work is being done. When you're actually doing the hard work, nothing typically is happening. It's the same way with the long-term investment plan. During a bear market, you look at this and say, man, I'm struggling. This is hard. But the fruits of it come later. You actually want corrections. You want to put more money into your investments when things are poor. Everybody else is getting scared and bailing. Take advantage. Buy their shares from them and add more money because you know what happens? When the inevitable return of the bull market comes, and it always comes, all the hard work that you did here that was not seeming to pay off now starts to shine for you, all right? So that's what you also need to do to overcome mistake number two and giving up when the results don't come right away. And number three, it's all how you frame it. Again, not being the new age, goody two shoes here, but it is all about you get to do this. You don't have to do it. You get to update your will because that you know that you can sleep at night knowing that now everything is in place where it should be if you get hit by the bus tomorrow. You get to do that. You get to actually, in an excited way, think about now your long-term planning. If you're 40-some years old, yeah, I have a goal in mind. I want to retire at X age, and I need this amount of money. I get to do that. It's not unreasonable to actually hit my goals. But I have to start today, number one. I can't give up when the results aren't showing because that's inevitable. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. It's going to come back over time. And number three, I get to do this. I'm telling you, you put those three practices into play and you have an almost unbreakable route to get to your financial plans down the road. I've seen this time and time again. I've been doing this for now into my fourth decade. So I've seen full cycles and people who implement those type, that type of thinking into their long-term financial plan are successful time and time again. All right, back live in the KMOX studio. So uh, you've, you've heard the thing in its entirety, but if you want to actually watch it or hear it again, just tomorrow you go to YouTube and you plug in the search engine. If you haven't done this already, Simon's, that's S-I-M-O-N-S, Simon Says Podcast. And you're going to see a lot of other things that I've been doing since I started this podcast last spring. And I just had my assistant tell me, as of Monday, yesterday, the podcast that I've put up there so far, plus I do shorts. You know what those are? You take 20, 30, 40 second segments of that. And you also post those just to give people a little bit of a tease what that's about. We just went over 93,000 views of everything that I posted. 
to get near 100,000 views. Now, I know Kim Kardashian gets that in about five minutes. But, hey, little old me just starting kind of a financial-related thing, nearing 100,000 views after starting this thing less than a year ago. And we're getting there. We're building an audience. So, please, if you do go there, I'm hopeful that you'll see other podcasts that I've been putting up there that you find helpful and informative. And if you do, please subscribe because occasionally I have guests and the more people who are subscribing, some of the bigger names that I can get. We'll be right back to close out tonight's edition of At Your Service. It's been a lot of fun, my friends. It's uh, nine minutes before 10 o'clock. Dave Simons filling in the At Your Service chair here at KMOX and happy to do it. And uh, I'll be around, I think, maybe even next week, but I, I'm scheduled several times over the next few weeks um, that I'll be here and looking forward to it. So let's end with a little fun here, shall we? I am uh, lucky and blessed beyond measure, like uh, I know all of you are, to say that you were born in America. And you didn't ask for it. You didn't deserve it in some way. That's just fate. That's faith. That's how the universe works. Who knows? But here you are. And let me go one step further than that and say, for me anyway, born in the Midwest, St. Louis native. Okay. I love being from the Midwest. And apparently a lot of people who are not from the Midwest and have never lived in the Midwest still tell people they're from the Midwest. Why? Well, set it up this way. A few years ago, I was vacationing in South Carolina, and I was talking to some other tourists down there, and we're asking each other where you're from. And I said, uh, I'm a Midwestern kid uh, right in the middle of the country in St. Louis. And this guy said, uh, actually it was his, his wife, but the guy agreed. But the wife said, oh, that's great. We are Midwesterners too. And I said, oh, yeah, where are you from? Ohio. Um, excuse me? Um, and I didn't say anything. I didn't call him. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And my, my brain's trying to process this. You're from Ohio and you're from the Midwest. Okay. Have you looked at a map lately? I don't know if you're aware of this, folks, but this is very, very common. In fact, there was a survey recently done, and I'm reading from it here. Surveying uh, residents of various states around the country. Do you consider yourself a Midwesterner? This is amazing to me that so many people from places like Ohio and Minnesota are solidly in the Midwest. More than half the respondents in Ohio say they're from the Midwest. Here's some other numbers. Colorado, which, by the way, is more Midwest than Ohio. I could could be okay with people from Colorado. Just If you just look at geographically, I know some people will say, well, no, that's West. Well, okay, you could kind of argue it's Midwest in a way. But 42% of uh, citizens of Colorado say, no, they would call themselves Midwesterners. Oklahoma... 66% 66% say they're from the Midwest. Okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. Wyoming. I'm sorry, that's not really Midwest, but 54%. Now, here's what is really mind-boggling. To me, as much as the people in Ohio say they're Midwesterners. Montana. 30% of people who live in Montana. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm from the Midwest. No, you're, no, you're not. Oh, my gosh. 
Idaho, 25%. One out of four people from I Look at a map, you people who live in Idaho. You do not live in the Midwest. I mean, this is kind of funny. But here's why. And a couple of people who study this say, no, there's a reason for this. There's a guy, he, he, he's a cultural geographer. I didn't know such a thing existed. Name is James Shortridge, and he writes that in contrast to chill Californians and high-strung New Yorkers, Midwesterners tend to be seen as friendlier and more traditional. Yeah, I could kind of see that. Somebody else, John Locke, president of the Midwestern History Association, writes, quote, The Midwest is kind of an island of sanity in place of vitriol and rancor. In this era of social media crankiness, it's nice to deal with decent people who are nice to one another and have a sense of civic pride. Amen, brother, as a Midwesterner. But seriously, that's the reputation that we have. And so people, I I guess they know that one way or the other. There's a vibe about Midwesterners that's very appealing and very endearing. And so that's why people might stretch the truth. And I'll end with this. There is a a woman who is from Ohio and claims she's a Midwesterner. And and the survey person said, well, why do you say from the Midwest? And, And she said, here's the quote, well, it's family, family, family. And I think that's what Midwestern people are. Family comes first and working hard and providing for your family. We're meat and potatoes, county fairs, and we definitely have lots of casseroles. All right. So we Midwesterners love our casseroles, and apparently much of the rest of the country does too. I hope that puts a smile on your face here as we end the two hours of At Your Service. Have a great rest of your week and into the weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Check your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 